calendar. Come to TWBC at 6.30. We are going to have a worship night to celebrate God's goodness and all that he's done and going before us. And we are excited to offer steak um, on a donation. We're thankful for JJ's Market. Yes, it's going to taste so good. I'm so excited. I've seen all of those photos of steak. I'm ready for my steak. So please come join us. And also check out our booth. That, that's over there. Sorry, I was at worship practice and you were setting it up. Check out our booth. We have t-shirts for sale. Represent. And let's take back life together. Amen. Amen. Y'all give them an awesome hand clap this morning. I'm thankful for them. Lord, bless them in everything that they do in Jesus' name. And ladies, I declare this. Everything your hand touches will prosper in Jesus' name. And you have not begun to experience uh, the fullness of the favor of God that he's about to begin to pour out on your lives. And so keep running. And, and, and I love this. Um, when they say don't or you can't, say watch me. Just say watch me. Because God's going God's to put that spirit on the inside of you. Hey, real quick, as we're wrapping up the squad series this morning, open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, beginning in verse number 3 is where we're going to kick it off with our theme verse of scripture that we've been on. And as you're turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3, a couple of things real quick. Um, number one, I want to encourage you guys with this. Uh, hey, if you would like to, um, I, I want to talk about this just for a second. Um, First Baptist Church, who is calling me? Jeez. Um, First Baptist Church is hosting a men's conference one night from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock uh, this coming Friday night. We know it's the bye week for the high school football game, and it's for men high school and up, and it's called Imagio Day, and it means made in the image of God. And with that, uh, a guy um, named Delvin Atkinson is coming in. He's one of the foremost leading people to, to begin to equip men on how to walk in the image of God. And when we walk in the image of God, it's going to begin to destroy all the strongholds that, that separate us, not just as men, but with race relations, with all these other things. And so they want, they've opened this up to the community. They wanted to invite our church. And so it's this Friday from 6 to 9. The tickets are $20. And with that, you get... Uh, um, sorry, Hillary and Becky, you get a full steak dinner, a baked potato and everything at six o'clock. They're, they're going to feed you good. And then it's going to be a two hour conference. It's one night. It's not Friday night and Saturday morning. It is from six o'clock to nine o'clock this Friday night. Um, and, and so we have tickets at both information centers. If you would like to buy them this morning, we got to turn in all of our tickets by Wednesday. And so if you haven't bought one today here at TWBC, tomorrow we're bringing all the extras back to First Baptist Church. If you'd still like to go, you got to go to First Baptist to buy your ticket or go to the website listed here. And if you're wondering where it's at, men, we got these posters hung up in the men's restroom. Take a picture of it, download the link, and go there. I want to encourage you guys to go to this. It's going to be an awesome, awesome thing uh, that, that we jump in on and, and help with. And so, hey, um, uh, another thing, uh, you, you know I'm flying out to Myanmar. Some of you are all thinking, what in the world is Myanmar? Uh, it, it, it's um, a nation right next to Thailand. Ten years ago, it was called Burma. They've had a, had a, a complete political revolution uh, over the last 10 years and they've changed the name so it's the Democratic Republic of Myanmar and, and so we're headed out there to do what was my favorite thing to do it's not just minister to pastors we are literally equipping 350 uh, pastors to go plant a minimum of 350 churches in the next year Amen. so so here's the deal um, when we minister to these 350 pastors 
in the next year, everyone will plant a minimum of one church. Some will plant two churches. Some will plant five churches. So TWBC gets to be a part of what our complete mandate from heaven is, and that is to partner plant and help pastor other churches well to expand the kingdom of God. And so we're jumping in on the front lines of the church planting uh, movement right now. And so in the next year, you are going to be a part of planting 350 churches in Southeast Asia to transform a nation. And it begins today. Amen. And we're excited about that. And hey, I never do this anymore, but God really laid it on my heart to do this uh, today. And, and it's not that... Um, uh, TWBC needs funds to send me. Everything's already been paid for for this trip um, um, through our missions budget and, and things like that and, some, and, and personally and some things like that. But God said to do this. As you give your tithe, uh, as, excuse me, I'll, let me make sure it's biblically correct. As you bring your tithe, you can't give your tithe because it already belongs to him. As you bring your tithe to the storehouse this morning, I want you to give or bring your tithe and give it like you normally would at TWBC to the kingdom of God. But God told me to emphasize this this morning. Some of you have been praying about, God, what is our mandate as a church? What do I do? This is your opportunity, okay? And, and, and I'm going to make this real clear. I want to encourage you to, as you bring your tithe, I'm going to ask you to do this. I want to encourage you to give an offering above and beyond today. If you, if you normally give $100 and, and, and that's the tithe, can you give five dollars on top of that today or just whatever it is that God lays on your heart specifically to plant churches around the world and so what what I want you to do uh, as you begin to pray about this and think about this is, is simply this I don't want to miss one of the greatest harvest seasons in the history of the earth by us being able to plant 350 churches within the next year and I believe what we sow into and as we sow into planting 350 churches, I know the word of God is always true and it doesn't fall short or void. It will come back to TWBC, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over for what God is calling us to do here locally. So it's not that we're forsaking the local to go international. We're doing what the Great Commission says, and we're doing it in uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth simultaneously. A lot of people read that and say, we've got to do here, then here, then here, then here. No, because some went to the ends of the earth immediately. Some stayed there. And either way, they began to plant churches at a rapid rate all across the world. And I want us to be a part of a movement to see 350 churches planted. But I don't want to be as just like, hey, as part of our TWBC missions, this is what we do. God specifically laid out my heart to say, give the people of TWBC, your family, an opportunity for them to step out and plant a church. And I'm not asking for a specific dollar amount. If you can give 10 cents, I want to encourage you to give 10 cents. Whatever it looks like for you. If you can write a million dollar check, then write the million dollar check. I don't care. But we want to plant churches at a high rate. And this is a great opportunity. And so as we take up the uh, bring, bring God our tithes this morning, I'm going to ask you to pray about what would you like to give to plant a church. And I'm just going to leave it at that, leave it in the hands of God, and, and go from there. And so in 2 Corinthians 10, as you found that, um, I want to encourage you as we do altar ministry and ministry time this morning, we're going to do it like we did last week. If you'd like to take communion at the end, line up between um, section one and section two, and they'll be able to minister to you through communion. Hey, as we do prayer time and ministry time, our, our ministry workers are going to be on the sides 
of each of the auditorium instead of in the front so you have privacy so we can pray with you as long as we need to and, and so can our prayer ministry team if you're praying with people this morning can you stand up so people know who they're going to be walking to I want to make this as comfortable as possible for people so the people that are standing in the back you got Zach and Jelaine um, you, you got um, Heath and April back there I love you guys you got Crystal here you got uh, Miss Margaret here you got John and Lisa here and so as they go to the sides this morning they're going to do like they did last week when they're free and have somebody to pray with y'all can be seated when they're free and, and are open to pray with you they're going to hold their hand up until somebody comes they're going to put it down while they're praying and when they're done they're going to hold their hand back up so you can go to who's ever got their hand up and they, we want to minister to you at a high level and make sure we spend adequate time making sure that that your needs get met and so uh finally uh god gave me god gave me this this morning and he's calling some of you and some of your prayers have been this it's the, the story out of uh, second, let me make sure I'm getting this right, out of second Samuel chapter number six, where everybody prays, God, I want to be like King David, a man after your own heart. We pray, God, I want to be a man after your own heart, but yet we take on the role many times of David's wife, Michael, and sit up in our tower and judge the way everybody else worships. Okay, and, and I want us to change that. Second Kings chapter number six uh, is the story, um, starting in verse 16, of where David brought in the Ark of the Covenant to the city of God, Jerusalem. And he came in, and the Bible says he took his kingly robe off, because he knew there was only one king of kings. He knew it was Jesus Christ. And he said, I am serving the king of kings, and just as he is a typology of Jesus, Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. David understood that philosophy. There was only room for one king in the city of God, and that was Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. So what he did as he entered in and brought in the ark, he took off his kingly robe and took on the role of a servant. And Michael, his wife, sat up in the tower watching him, and, he, and she said this, Oh, how dignified the king made himself today disrobing in front of all his servants. And King David said this, I will become even more undignified than this. Because he knew that there is only room in the kingdom of God to do one thing, and that's to serve at the highest level. He knew there was only room for one king. And the Bible says this, and it's been mistaught and mispreached a lot of time. It's the last verse of the chapter, and it says this, and it says, And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children till the day of her death. And everybody says, Oh, poor Michael, she was barren. It doesn't say she was barren. David no longer had intimacy with her because of what happened as she passed judgment on him, disrobing because he knew there was only one king. And I want to encourage you in this. Some of you, God is trying to uh, bring you into a place where you truly become a man after God's own heart. You truly become that in, in an amazing way. But to do that, you've got to come out of your tower and the way you look at everybody else. And you've got to begin to say this. I don't care how my singing sounds. I don't care if, if, if God, if you call me to raise my hand, I'm not going to look at anybody else raising their hand because I'm not going to be, look at them from my watchtower. I'm going to serve. There's only room for one king in the house at TWBC, and that's Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So I will gladly as pastor bow my knee in the midst of worship because I know who I'm worshiping. And I want to encourage you as God is bringing you men and women, awesome, uh, mighty children of God, into his presence 
and, he, and you've been praying this, and I really feel this in my spirit strong this morning when I, when I woke up. Joel, your church is praying strongly to be a church after my own heart, but to do that, you've got to come out of the tower. And you've got to begin to dance, whatever that looks like. I'm not saying you've got to cut a rug here, I mean, whatever. You've got to begin to be free and not worry about how people will look at you in the midst of your worship. Okay? And with that, if you are looking at people saying, well, I don't understand why they always got to raise their hands, please don't do that. Because just as the king cut off intimacy with the bride and never went to the bridal chambers again with her and had intimacy, she could no longer reproduce all of her days. How does that equate to us? Just as if we take the role of Michael... It cuts, when we begin to judge somebody else's worship or, or the way they teach or the way they preach or the way they describe things, and it's not just how we sing and dance and, and whatever, uh, it, it's, it's everything about life. When you begin to, to, to judge from a, from a watchtower place and you begin to judge how somebody else is, is seeking after God just because it looks different than how you would do it, it cuts off intimacy between you and your king. It's not that Jesus doesn't love you. She was still in the house all the days of her life. She was still a part of the kingdom. She was still in David's house and the castle and everything else. She got all the benefits. She didn't get the intimacy, though. God wants a church that's going to be intimate with him. But the quickest way to cut off intimacy with the king of kings is to judge the way somebody else preaches, judge the way somebody else delivers a song, a message, uh, uh, whatever. It's beginning to look at other people. It's like, well, I don't understand why they do what they do. You don't got to understand. You need to look at yourself and say, what robes am I wearing to put myself in such a high position that I need to take off and honor my King of Kings and my Lord of Lords? Because there's only room for one King. And I'm going to let Jesus Christ be the judge of everybody in this church and not Joel. Amen. Because I got one agenda on my mind. And that is disrobing anything that would separate me from the King of Kings and Lord of Lords because I'm going to serve at the level he served at. I'm going to do what he did and I want to be intimate. And here's the thing, when you're intimate with the king of kings, as we are his bride and he is the king, here's what begins to happen. We begin to reproduce as a church. And many of us, we can't reproduce as the church. It's because we've sat and we've looked and we've said this, 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 and this about people here, people outside, other ministries, whatever it may be, I'm going to ask you to begin to look at yourself. Begin to come intimate with the Father at a high level and Jesus Christ. And we are the bride of Christ. And ladies, so some of you will get married twice. Amen. You're married now. You're going to marry the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Men, I know it sounds weird, but look at it spiritually. Amen. You're a husband and a bride all at the same time. Hallelujah. And I'm grateful to be a bride in the kingdom of God. But the one thing I won't do is I won't sit up from a place or a platform and say, God, they're not worshiping right. They're not worshiping hard enough, long enough. They're not da 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 da. I'm not doing that. Because I'm not going to have my intimacy with my king cut off because of the way I'm looking at somebody else. And so I, wonder, I, and I don't even know why God laid it on my heart so strong to say this today, but, but I, I want to encourage you in this. I don't feel it's a reprimand at all for the church. I believe it's a word of, of, of strong encouragement, and you can use the word, it is truly a prophetic word that we are a church running after God's own heart. So be prepared for intimacy at a higher level because only in intimacy can you reproduce. 
So, so this isn't a rebuke at, at all, but, but it, is a, it, is a, it is an encouraging word, an edifying word, a, a foundational building block word for our church as we are becoming a church running after the heart of God passionately that as we do, just because somebody else does it different than us, doesn't mean we have the right to look at them and say, well, you're wrong, no, no, no. Why don't we focus on just making sure there's one king in our house, in our church, and that's Jesus. And we pray for all the other churches, all the other ministries, all the other things going on. We support uh, Image of God Men's Conference. It doesn't matter if we host it. I want every man in this room to go. Group Life Squad, represent well, roll in 20 deep with TWBC per squad. And, I mean, man, handle your business. I mean, be, be an example, the light of the world, who you are. And, and I love what God is doing. And, and so I want us at a high level as we lead out in planting 350 churches uh, this year uh, through, through, through what we're going to start today that we've got to begin to look at ourselves differently. And we're not the highest, the mightiest, the biggest, the best, the Northeast Texas, whatever. Quit thinking Northeast Texas. Let's go global, Okay. And with that, we got to disrobe some things. We're not king on the mountain. There's only room for one king, and that's King Jesus. Okay? And, and, and so uh, as I wrap up that word uh, right there, we are going to jump into uh, 2 Corinthians 10. And, dadgummit, Mitch, i got nine minutes, okay? So, so figure it out. Uh, I'm going to do this so I'm not distracted by time. You come in whenever you need to. So there's my phone with my clock. There's my watch with my clock and, and everything else. You figure out whatever you got to do. Come up whenever you think is right. I turn that over to you. So 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 3. Let's find that in our Bibles this morning and watch God be awesome today as we wrap up squad. And the title of this morning's message is The Core. The Core. And the Bible says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But we have divine power. Everybody say divine power. Man, you've been gifted with divine power this morning. Amen. And with that, we know what God has taught us over the past three weeks about being a squad. We know that we got comrades. We know that we got constituents. We know that we got confidants. And I hope you find your confidants. And we know that comrades are just against what we're against. And constituents are just for what we're for. But a confidant is for you. Get somebody who's for you. Get you a squad that's for you because with that, we're going to change the world. And we know last week that God set prisoners free and captives free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're no longer a prisoner of war. And so the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So you have been thoroughly equipped throughout this series to go out and wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness, to expand the kingdom of God. And what the Bible says, and I believe it's Isaiah, oh God, that you would rend the heavens, a violent tearing open, and come down. And Jesus said this the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, but the violent go ahead and take it by force So there's an aggressive nature in the spirit of man and in the spirit that he's given us through the spirit of God In man and woman to expand the kingdom at a high rate And so as we do it this morning We're going to expand the kingdom through the core and we're going to talk about one of the most elite groups of people On the face of the earth and we're going to take some of their principles and, and, and see how they do it, but we're going to take then godly principles to show how we should do it. Amen? And so as we finish reading this, we destroy arguments and every lawfully opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ and being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. And that's where the word about King David came in this morning. I want our obedience to be complete. I want our obedience to be complete. And so as we talk about this morning, I want us to talk real quick about why do we need a squad? Because we're waging war. That's why you need a people around you. There has never been in the history of military uh, um, force and action up until the last uh, literally 100 years of, of the term sniper. 
I'm all alone. I'm out on a hill all by myself, and it's me, myself, and I, and I'm going to take on the world by myself. That has never been in any military advancing cause in the history of the world except for the last 100 years. So why in the body of Christ do we think I can have me, myself, and I, and no more, and I don't need anybody else, and I'll advance the kingdom of God, and here's why. It's because if you want to be that person who's all alone, you do not want accountability in your life then. You do not want people to help hold you to a standard that you should be living, right? This is the great thing about a workout partner. If you have a workout partner, they're going to push you beyond what you think you can do because they know what you can do, and that's a squad. They're going to make you better than you think you are because they see the potential in you. And so with that, we got to quit doing things alone. And I don't want to be in group life. I don't want to serve. Or I don't want to grow. I don't want to be in a knowledge group and grow in Christ. Why not? Get with somebody. Develop the core principles in your life. And so as we talk about the core this morning, I want to talk to you about a group of elite fighting people that are renowned around the world, and they go literally and train other militaries around the world, and it's called the Navy SEALs. How many of y'all have heard of the Navy SEALs, all right? So if you haven't, I don't know where you've been, because, and I can't catch you up. Go watch a movie or something and figure out who they are. Um, go pull it up on YouTube or something. The Navy SEALs, the United States Navy is this. It's sea, air, and land teams. That is how they get SEALs. Uh, sea, air, and land teams, and commonly abbreviated as SEALs, are the U.S. Navy's primary special operations force and a component of the Naval Special Warfare Command. In other words, these guys are freaking crazy awesome, <laughs> and, and don't mess with them because... Just don't. I'll just leave it at that. I don't have time to elaborate on that. And so the, 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 the core or the code is of what we're talking about this morning. Uh, it's their code of loyalty that these are the six codes that they operate by, the core values of who they are uh, as they move forward. And I got the website link, and it's on the app. If you pull up media on the app, you can go to Pastor's Blog, and you have all my notes written out there. You can follow along with me right now, and you can click on that link, and it'll show where I got this information from so you, don't, so you know I didn't make it up. Um, the number one is this, loyalty to country, team, and teammate. Hallelujah. We need some of that in the body of Christ. Loyalty to the nation, the kingdom of God that we're a part of. The Bible says you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So loyalty to the country, the nation, the kingdom of God, the team that you're with, the TWB team, and the teammates on the team, your squad that you're rolling with, in your group life and in your next steps. And so the second one is serve with honor and integrity on and off the battlefield. Your worship and your lifestyle in here shouldn't look any different than your worship and your lifestyle outside of here. So the whole next series I'm going to do, kicking off on October 2nd, is going to be called Everyday Life. And here's the thing. The whole month of October, you're going to dress casual. Amen. Come on. I'm going to preach some messages in shorts and t-shirts. Okay? I'm going to dress casual because here's what I found, Mike and Mally. There's a massive disconnect between how we live on Sundays and how we live on Mondays. Even more than that, there's a massive disconnect of how we live on Saturdays and how we live on Sundays and how we live on Mondays. And that's not even half the week, but those are the three most weird directional days of the week because Saturday you wake up and you don't even brush your hair, you don't brush your teeth, you keep your pajamas on all day, and you don't care how nappy you look, right? You put a ball cap on and you coach at the soccer field and whatever. There's a disconnect between your Saturday look and your Sunday look. Come on, give me an amen on that. You know I'm right. There's also a disconnect between your Sunday look and your Monday look. Monday you go in and some of you, you put on uh, uniforms and shirts and you look a specific way, but you don't look like that on Sunday. 
So there's this massive disconnect in our everyday life that we're going to reconcile over the month of October when we talk about everyday life. And Jesus did all of his miracles every day on the way to do something else. So you, as the body of Christ, you're looking for a miracle to go do. Well, you missed the 10 miracles that he called you to do because you were looking to go somewhere. And he said, it's just happening on the way. It's just on the way. He was going to heal J. Iris' daughter, and a woman with an issue of blood came up and hijacked a miracle. I'm just telling you, he was on the way somewhere else, and she got healed. Mary and Martha. Mary sits and worships at Jesus' feet. Martha's distracted by a bunch of stuff. He was on the way somewhere, and he stopped at their house. And so with this, we're going to talk about why is there a disconnect between your Saturday, your Sunday, and your Monday in our next series, but we'll, we'll touch on it today. So serve with honor and integrity on and off the battlefield. Listen to this, ready to lead, ready to follow, and never quit. (laughs) you got to be ready to lead, ready to follow, and never quit. And if you can't follow, you really can't lead. And people will ask me this all the time, Joel, how did the church get to where it's at? I was too dumb to quit. (laughs) There was no plan B. I didn't know what else to do, so I just kept plowing ground. Amen. And and somehow I fell forward instead of backwards, and, and, and and God blessed all this. Come on now, I'll I'll elaborate more on that later. (laughs) Y'all think I know what I'm doing all the time. I literally wake up and say, God help me today. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, That's that's my opening prayer every morning. Uh, Take responsibility for your actions and the actions of your teammates. I'm going to say that again. Gosh, I'm going to reiterate some of this stuff in the next three minutes. Take responsibility for your actions and the actions of your teammates. On the squad of a Navy SEAL team, it is this. If one of their members gets shot and dies, they don't leave a dead body over there. They carry the body, okay? Their objective is for nobody to die, but if that happens, they take responsibility for themselves and their teammates even to get their dead bodies back home. Wow, how different is that in the body of Christ? Somebody falls from grace or something happens in their marriage or they get caught embezzling or stealing or or whatever. like, well, they don't need to come to our church. They need to come to church. (laughs) Are you kidding me? People come into church all the time, and and you're like, well, well, why are they here? They're supposed to be here. It ain't for perfectionists. It's for the hurt, the lost, the broken, the dying, the sinful, those who need Jesus. And Joel still needs Jesus in his life. That's why I continue to come to church. And if we're going to reach this city, this nation, this world at a high level for the kingdom of God, we got to begin to understand that, that we take responsibility for our actions and the actions of our teammates. And we're going to walk with our team through these things. They excel as warriors through discipline and innovation. We don't like the discipline. Hey, I want to be a part of this group, but I don't want to show up on time. I don't want to be there. We don't like discipline yourself. I mean, commit to something and stick to it. When you got married, there was no opt-out clause. I don't understand until what death do, till death do you part. I don't understand. I don't understand that. They didn't say, till death do us part, if A, B, C, D, and E are met. No, it said, till death do you part. Uh, okay, so, so uh, we got to begin to understand at a high level, excel as warriors through discipline, the good times, the bad times, the ugly times. The, in your family, have you ever had a disagreement? But you're still family. In church, have you ever had a disagreement? Yes, yeah, so I'm leaving. Quit that mess. Be a family. Let's work through some stuff together. I'm not perfect. Neither are you. We all need Jesus. Take our robes off and let's get servanthood minded and live before the king. 
And let's watch what God calls us to do. So excel as warriors through discipline and innovation. So download the TWBC SS app and follow us every single day. Get in a group life, whatever that means. Here we go. Train for war, fight to win, and defeat our nation's enemies. The kingdom of God has an enemy. It's called Satan. Jesus said, I came for this reason. He said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. No, Jesus came to save my soul. No, he came to destroy the works of the devil. And how he did it was by his blood on the cross of Calvary. And when he shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, the works of the devil were destroyed, which opened the door for you to be born again and experience salvation the rest of your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's get to the message. Here we go. So loyalty to country and teammate and team. John 6. Now this is funny. John 666. Right? John 6, verse 66. Don't freak out. I mean, it's a good, good verse. It's in the Bible. Some of y'all are like, whoo! It's in the Bible. Are you kidding me? Hey, there's nothing wrong with devil's food cake. Amen. I love devil's food cake. If you don't like it, pull it out and put it in an angel food cake box and serve it anyway. I don't care. Jeez. Really? Let's have... Man, I'm having fun this morning. I don't know what you and Damon are going to do next week when y'all preach Pastor Jeff and Pastor Damon, but... But I'm going to be out of the country, and it's pretty apparent. Um, <laughs> verse 66 says this. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. What happened to loyalty to country, team, and teammate? They no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? He wasn't worried about if they left or if they stayed. But here's what the 12 said. Simon Peter answered. God love Simon. He's my bleed guy. You got to be blood, sweat, and tears with you. He's the bleed guy. He said, Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed. Not we are believing. We have believed on what you have said. And have come to know knowledge, intimacy, that you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus answered them and said, did I not choose you twelve? And yet one of you is the devil. Even in the twelve, he said, hey, what happened to loyalty to country, team, and teammate?" He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Now, the ironic thing about this, when you read this account in the Gospel of John, he just fed 5,000 men, not including women and children. And then, a few verses later, he says, eat my body, drink my blood, and they all left except the twelve. And he said, and even one of y'all is the devil. Are you kidding me? This is craziness. He knew what a squad was, though. He wanted to see loyalty to the nation of God, the kingdom that he was expanding. Because that's what he started out in, the, in his whole dissertation with the Sermon on the Mount. That was his agenda for his whole ministry. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. Who's going to be loyal to this kingdom that God is implementing? So he had, a, he had a kingdom he was loyal to, a team that he was developing, a squad. And he had the 12, and then he had his big three, Peter, James, and John, that went with him to the places of further still, and his teammates. Listen, many people follow you us, TWBC, for earthly bread, but only a squad will follow us for the truth. Right? I saw it on some of your faces when I talked about discipline. You love the earthly bread, you love to laugh, you love to worship, you love the songs, you love everything about it, but when the truth comes, will you follow us for the truth, not just the good feeling that you get in the church? I hope you have a good feeling in the church, but I don't want you to leave here with just a good feeling if I didn't give you the truth. It's the truth that'll set you free. And so I want you free. I don't want you a prisoner of war. And so with that, loyalty to country, team, and teammate. The next one, serve with honor and integrity on and off the battlefield. That means in the house, we serve, we worship, blah, 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 we love it. But if you don't do that outside, there's no integrity. 
See, I want you to worship the same way outside as you do inside. And the problem with Joel, with his integrity issue, is I worship a lot better without you around than I do with you around. So I got to switch it the other direction, okay? Uh, it's ugly the way I dance, but in my office, man, we have some good times, me and Jesus, right? But I don't need to worry about if you like my dancing or not, right? And listen, I, I'll, I'll say this, and you may think it's ugly. I am as white as they come when it comes to rhythm. <laughs> Derek, I'll clap on what? What is it? White people clap on two and four. Others clap on one and three. I clap on because I don't want to miss a beat. So I'm hitting all four of them, buddy. I mean, that's just the way I roll. And I'm sorry if you don't like the way I clap or dance or shout or whatever. I mean, it just, okay? But there's not going to be a disconnect between how I worship in the house and how I worship out of the house. Derek, I love you. I love you, love you, love you, man. Yeah, Pastor Mitch said, I got to cut this shit off here. Here we go. Here we go. Matthew 5, 46 through 48. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the sinners and the tax collectors do that. Tax collectors were worse than sinners in the Bible, though, by the way. And if you greet only your brothers, the people of TWBC, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles, the people who don't even know Jesus, aren't even a part of the covenant, they do this. Therefore, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, pastor, you know we can't be perfect. Talk to Jesus about it. I didn't write it. I'm just telling you what he wrote. It's in red. That's why I get a Bible with red writing, so it's easy for me to figure out what Jesus said and what Jesus didn't say. Right? Well, we can't be perfect. He just said to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Some of you are mixing up the term perfect with legalistic. I don't want you to be legalistic at all. I want you to perfectly seek after the heart of the Father. And listen, this is the Sermon on the Mount that he's talking about. He's not just saying the direction of his ministry, but the standard for a squad. Ready to lead, ready to follow, never quit. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. And Jesus told his disciples, if any one of you would come after me, he must deny himself, learn how to follow, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever who loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Listen, it is not a matter of who you are in this life. It's a matter of who you are following in this life. Listen, I don't care if you're a multimillionaire in this life. I care about who you're following in this life. I care about who you're, who you're seeking after in this life. Now, now listen to this. A squad knows how to lead, but more importantly, a squad knows how to follow and never quit. I want you to follow Christ and never quit. Deny yourself. Take up a cross. Take responsibility for your actions and the actions of your teammates. John 15, 13 through 15 says this. Greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. Take responsibility for your actions and the actions of your teammates. And that, listen, it doesn't say that you would die for your friends. It means you would give up your life for your friends. Yeah. It means Joel's got a crazy busy schedule, but if Jason LaRue called and said, hey, my wife has a flat tire, guess what? I'm canceling a meeting to go change his wife's tire. I'll give up my life for her. Not my, I'm not, it's not talking about dying. Anybody can die for somebody. Jesus just didn't die for you. He gave up his life for you. He spent three years away from the kingdom of, God, uh, of heaven here on this earth, gave up all the prerogatives of deity to become human. Right. Yeah. Wow, he gave up his life. He gave up all of heaven for this. Confidants, your lifetime people, do not bail. In fact, squad will take, squads will take more than responsibility. They'll give their life. Excel as warriors through discipline and innovation. John 13, 12 through 16 and verse 35 says this. When he had, fin when he had washed their feet... He put on his outer garment and resumed his place, and he said to them, Do you not understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. 
If I then, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. So truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We must, we must discipline ourselves in the area of loving one another. Because all of us in this room are unlovable at times. And the greatest act of discipline is when you can love one another, when you can wash the feet of the people who will betray you. He washed Judas' feet right along with Peter's. And Peter denied him, Judas betrayed him, John loved him, followed him to the end, and he still washed every one of their feet. Guys, can we discipline ourselves in that area? Finally, it's this. Train for war. Fight to win. Defeat our nation's enemies. I love this verse. Pastor Hunter turned me on to this verse uh, uh, about six months ago. Um, 1 John 3, 8 said, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And 1 John 14, 17 is the verse Pastor Hunter uh, showed me one day. And he said, By this love is perfected with us so that we have this confidence for the day of judgment. Now listen to this. This is the part that I love. Because as he, Jesus, is... So also are we in this world. See, see we got to get that. As Jesus is right now seated at the right hand of God, interceding on behalf of you and for me, he's our advocate, our king of kings, our lord of lords, our older brother, all these things. As he is, write this down, 1 John 4, 4, 17. Because as he is right now currently, so also are we in this world seated at the right hand of God. Walking in power, able to destroy strongholds, developing a squad, becoming a church that leads not just uh, locally but around the world. As he is, so are we. Our squads are created for one purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Today you have a squad. We operate by a code that wants to destroy the works of the devil in our life. We want to set captives free. We want to set prisoners free. And get this, you're not alone in the process. You're not alone. I need all my ministers to make their way to the sides real quick. I need everybody to stand. I need you to know that you're not alone this morning. And you have a squad ready to set you free, a squad ready to stand with you, a squad that's going to be loyal to you, a squad that's going to help you. you got smaller squads that you can join up with, with serve groups, grow groups, and no groups. Pastor Jeff can help you with that. But here's what I want this morning. If you have never stepped into a real relationship with Jesus Christ, you can never have a real squad in the church. If you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity today to meet the man that changed the world, and his name is Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, I want you to have a born-again experience with him this morning that will start a lifestyle of salvation for the rest of your life. If you don't know Jesus, I want you to go to one of these ministers that will have their hands up here in just a minute.